so today's guest is uh, my dad, Steve Malandrino Sr. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, Dad. You're welcome. All right, so today is the five-year anniversary of Mom's passing. And what I wanted to do here was kind of not focus on her, her death, but more focus on her life. And so with that being said... Let me turn it over to you and you take us from the beginning, how you guys met and uh, all that stuff. Mom and I actually met on a Greyhound bus. Um, we were both in school. We both went to West Virginia University. I, did not, I didn't know Mom, but a friend of mine, Keith Hoffman, actually knew Mom from, uh, from, from school. And uh, the day we were coming home for Thanksgiving, Keith was supposed to rent a car in Pittsburgh but Keith being Keith, he didn't know that you had to be over 21 years old in order to rent a car. So he drove up, he uh, got a ride to Pittsburgh, and when he got there, he couldn't rent a car. So he called me and said I had to find another way home. And right after I got off the phone with him, Mom called and asked me how I was getting home. I had no idea who she was. <laughs> and uh, so at the end of the, at the, uh, end of the conversation... Um, I told her I was taking a Greyhound bus, and she said, oh, can I go with you? And um, I told her, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll be very upfront. I was a bouncer at the time, and I was up until about 4 in the morning, so I really wasn't thinking straight to get that phone call. But um, I went down to the sorority house, and I waited for an hour, and lo and behold, I was at the wrong sorority house. <laughs> and... Uh, but I met, I met a lot of sorority <laughs> girls. We talked. We had a fun time. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was a SIGEP and uh, Sigma Phi Epsilon, and, and we were a pretty popular fraternity. So the house I was in, it wasn't one of the more popular, cap, uh, popular sorority houses. Let's put it that way. So they were happy to have me. But um, so about an hour later, I finally uh, mentioned to the girl, um, I mentioned mom's name. And she said, oh, she's not, a, she's not a, um, in our sorority. She uh, is down the street. So I went down there and, you know, mom had a little bit of an attitude because I was an hour late. And then we uh, went down and caught the bus. Now, um, when you first, this is the first time you saw her is, is when you're late, an hour late, right? First time I, first time I met her, saw her, be honest with you, I wasn't the happiest guy in the world. And neither was she. But they, well, she, the best part, the best thing was when I got there, yeah. she had two suitcases that were huge. And I said to her, I go, are you leaving school or are you going, <laughs> are you going home for Thanksgiving? What are you doing yeah. here? So it was me and mom. Okay. And, uh, and um, one of my frat brothers walked by, a guy named Ray Woods walked by, and uh, he was an active. I was just a pledge. Yeah. You know, we were like a low-life pledge. But because I was two years older, uh, I had transferred to West Virginia University from West Virginia Wesleyan. Okay. Because I was two years older, I had a little bit of a clout. I was, you know, a big guy, what have you. So uh, I said to him, I go, hey, Ray, can you help me with, these, with this luggage? So Ray actually carried mom's luggage all the way down to the Greyhound bus station. All right. So you're an hour late. You got these two huge things of luggage. Not a happy guy. At, at any point did you think you'd spend the rest of your life with this woman? Absolutely not. Not at all? Not at all. So when did that feeling <laughs> happen for you? Uh, after a 17-hour ride. It was a 17-hour bus ride. We hit a snowstorm. Okay. It took us 17 hours to get back to New York City 
uh, on a, a Greyhound bus route that should have taken about nine hours. So it took us, and mom did not stop talking the whole she time. Never, she never did. Not, a, not, not once did yeah. she stop talking. Yeah. So we got there. We get to New York City. Okay. And we get there late at night. So we missed the last train going to Long Island. Okay. At like, it was about maybe two in the morning. And back then, there were all sorts of people in the... Um, when you took the trains, you know, you went down into into the Long Island Railroad, yeah. and there were a lot of homeless that were living down there. So it was mom and I and all her luggage, and we missed the last train until like six in the morning. So, so you we, got you hung out in Penn Station. We so. slept in the yeah, we slept in in Penn Station okay. uh, until the next morning, and then the next morning we left. We uh, left. We took the train back to Huntington. Her dad picked us up. Okay. Nice guy. He was a no. So first time you meet for me, Popeye. For you, mom's dad. Uh, yeah. For your future father-in-law. How, how was that first meeting? Not good. <laughs> Not good because he picked us up at like six in the morning. Yeah. Maybe se- maybe seven in the morning, and he okay. wasn't happy because his day was ruined because we showed up in the middle of the in the middle of the, we were supposed to be there the day before. Yeah. And we didn't get there till you know like six seven in the morning. This is a crazy first meeting someone experienced because you you didn't know her. Didn't know her at all. So you got you got this horrible bus ride. You got all this luggage. You're stuck in Penn Station. Her dad's upset because he's meeting you for the first time. And I still have not got any sleep whatsoever because well, and you bounced until four a.m. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so what happens next? Does, does he... So I said I said to her I said hey um, listen it's been nice take yeah. care you know <laughs> maybe we'll see each other around WVU and I told her what bar I worked at and stuff like that and I yeah. said if you ever in the area stop by okay um I was dating someone back home at the time she was dating someone at WVU so I didn't think anything of it and then the next day my my uh, best friend from high school uh said hey there's a football game at uh Miller Place is playing in a football game and I was like we went to Miller Place, and they were playing John Glenn. And I okay. said, "And that's that's for those who don't know, that's where Mom went to high school." Right, that's yeah. where Mom went to high school. So I was like, "But I didn't know it at the time." <laughs> oh, really? No. Okay. And so I uh, went there with him, and as I was walking by, I heard my name being called, and I was like, Are "You got to be kidding me! Who would I know here?" Yeah. You know, I thought it was one of the young Miller Place people, but it was uh, her, and she was there, and. You know, we sat, watched the game together and stuff like that. And um, so you, you, you had no idea she went to John Glenn. You get a call from your buddy for this game and she's there. Yep. That's crazy. It was crazy. And then uh, I, uh, and, you know, on the way back, so we just, she said, how are you getting back to WVU? I said, I told her that Hoffman, the same guy who left us in, at WVU, yeah. was borrowing his brother's car to take back to WVU because his brother might be going at Paul at some point. So we all drove back together, to make a long story short, and okay. uh, got back to Morgantown. And, um, that, and that was pretty much it. And I just said, hey, take care. And um, she said the same thing, and uh, that was it for right there. All right, so then when did you see her again, and when did you start dating? Her and a bunch of her sorority sisters came up to the bar I was working at okay. about two weeks later. So she, she knew you worked there, so she was shooting a shot. She, yes. She was into Okay. Yeah. Right. And uh, so we, uh, and I said, well, what, what happened to your... Um, boyfriend and she said uh, uh they broke up and i said oh well that's kind of interesting i said so did i yeah and uh yeah so then we just you know hit it off and started dating okay so how long did you date before you got engaged uh we met when we were 20 we got engaged when we were 22 ish maybe i'm close to 23 yeah. and got married when we were 23 24 i actually don't know this how did you ask her to marry you i went to her house 
and uh, I went to her house. I had asked her father first. Uh, you, okay. Yeah, I asked Frank first. Yeah. And he was all excited. Her mom was all excited. And her two brothers were never excited about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm not sure they still are. But, um, uh, but I, uh, I um, asked her, you know, I, uh, I said, hey, I forgot something in the car. Could you go get it for me? Okay. And she went, she went into the car and, and got it. And I knew mom would be nosy, which yeah. she was. Yeah, she always So she, yeah, she actually looked at what I forgot in the car and, and the, ring was in, the ring was in there. Yeah, she actually, years later, would go through my car. She would not find a ring, but she would be upset. <laughs> yeah, mom, mom, would, yeah, she, mom would go through everything. She, she should have worked for the TSA. Yeah, she would have found everything. All right, so she, you ask her, she sees the ring and she knows it's for her and she says yes. Yeah, she said yes. She said yes, and uh, and it, yeah, and then we got married. Okay, where did you get married? We got married in Centerreach at a. Uh, it was like a Knights of Columbus Hall. Okay, it was a little. It was called the Heritage House at the time. I don't even know if it's there anymore. But um, we had like two hundred people at the wedding. Okay. It was pretty wild. There were about probably twenty five of my frat brothers there, and probably twenty of her sorority sisters. Okay, so you guys, you guys get married. You start living together, and then how many years was it till you had, what was it, six years until you had your first kid, me? We had, it was six years until we had you, yeah. We wanted to travel and do some different things, so, okay. yeah, we, uh, you know, we, um, when we, when we uh, had our first, when we got our first house, um, we uh, had an apartment for two years, then we got our first house, and then we had you, and that was in New York on Long Island, and then we moved to New Jersey. You got for three a, you, years. You correct me wrong. You get a promotion, right? We got I got a, yeah. I got uh, I got transferred from Long Island. I was in sports medicine uh, with Cybex, and I got transferred from Long Island to um, to Philadelphia with him. And then Lee is born in Jersey. Lee was born in New Jersey. Yeah, you were born on Long Island um, at. Huntington Hospital. When you you guys were living in Corum at the time. Yes. And then you. All right, so Lee was born. Lee was the second. Uh, our second uh, son. He was born in Rancocas, New Jersey. Okay, right outside Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, what brought you back to New York? I got another promotion back to New York, but not with Cybex with their comp- with their competitor. So you took a different job. You moved back to Long Island. There you have Max. Yeah, I tried to be a nice guy. I went to uh, I went I was with Cybex and I was the number one guy in the country. And Biodex had been going after me for a while. This guy Walt Cazari was the VP of sales. Yeah. And Walt, um, where this is where I met uh, when I first met Uncle Thurman. Yeah, Thurman Uncle Ballard. Thurman, yeah, good dude. He was with Biodex and. Uh, even though I was a competitor, Thurman kept on coming after me and saying, hey, you need to talk to Walter Gazzari. And I was like, no, he's a competitive VPSL. I don't need to talk to that guy. And um, Thurman kept on pushing me to talk to him. And one day I, I spoke with him. And from that point on, Walter called me like every week with, with an offer. And yeah. the offer just kept on going up and kept on going up. And finally, I, uh, uh, I, decided, to, uh, I decided to leave Cybex and go to Biodex. And I became national sales manager at Biodex. All right. So your national sales manager, Max, is born? Max was born on Long Island, yes. And, and he was born in, uh, at St. Charles Hospital in Port Jefferson. Fast forward a couple of years, Lynn's born. You got all four kids. Lynn is born in Port Jefferson, yes. All right. Yep. So from there, you kind of would raise a family, all that stuff. Yep. From there, we uh, moved to Shoreham. And uh, yeah, we raised all four of you in Shoreham. All right, so 2015 is when mom gets diagnosed. 
roughly, yeah. She's been gone five years now, so he think she actually was like two thousand six. The ended, yeah, probably two thousand sixteen. She was diagnosed. Well, actually, two thousand six. You're right. Two thousand sixteen. She started to uh, exhibit some. Uh, you know, some different things that went on with muscle loss and tripping and falling. And then uh, she was diagnosed a year later. All right. So she's diagnosed with ALS, which is... Uh, Lou Gehrig's disease or a myotrophic lateral scler sclerosis. Yeah. And at, at this point, there's no cure, right? There's no cure, no. So she she gets diagnosed. And from my perspective, I, I was in school that was in grad school at the time but she doesn't seem to cha have an a, a change in attitude or mindset mm -hmm. no and not at all it's it's kind of incredible um you know she she goes to i mean when we would all get together she'd always want to go to church and stuff like that she was always still the happiest in the family um how and if you're not comfortable talking about this i understand but how how is how is that how would you like what was that like for you when she was diagnosed, it was, um, when, when, at first it was kind of like, I just thought that maybe, um, you know, we, we thought at first it was carpal tunnel because yeah. it started in her hands where she couldn't pick things up or lift things, things, she would drop things. And then she tripped a couple of times and it still didn't seem like, um, anything to worry about. You know, it, 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 it really didn't, uh, at first. Um, and then we just we just decided to go see a neurologist just to see if there was anything going on. And it took a year for them to diagnose what it was. So for the first year, we were hopeful that, you know, and, and even when she uh, got the diagnosis, it was still like, OK, there are certain things that maybe we can do to extend it. You know, when um, when you get the when when you hear something like ALS, you know, it's. Um, it's, I hate to say this, but it's a, uh, it's, it's terminal. It's a death sentence. So then the question, then you start immediately going from, okay, what, you know, you forget about the diagnosis at this point, what can we do to manage this better? And that's kind of where I think I, um, I, uh, excelled more than, uh, listening to what the doctor had to say when he told her, um, you know, immediately, you know, you and me and the other kids went into a management mode and how can we make mom comfortable? And um, and that's what we tried to do for for two years. Well, I mean, you and Lynn did most of the heavy lifting with that. I mean, you guys were with her every uh, <clears throat> excuse me every uh, every day and stuff, and um, really an incredible. You know, um, growing up seeing you and mom was like the ideal couple, like a, a television sitcom. You know, and. Um, in, in situations like that, it's always like a positive thing, but then seeing the opposite end of it where, you know, there's unfortunate news and all that, but you still reacted. You guys were, there was never a doubt, like you, you loved mom more than anything I've ever seen. And just watching you take care of her, even, I mean, they say in sickness and in health, and you were the perfect example of that. Yeah, it, I mean, it was kind of, sh it was really shocking, you know, a few things that happened over the years to us as a family were were, were really shocking. You know, um, I think, quite frankly, a lot of people kind of looked up to us as a family when we, when you guys were growing up. You know, it was, you know, mom and I and four kids and, you know, for 17 years, mom didn't work and um, stayed home with you guys, which was more than enough work. 
but even if you know the four the four views you know you know it was like um it was like the Malandrino family was a, a really nice, stable family. And then, uh, you know, then the, um, then what happened happened, you know, not just with mom, but with Lee, but you know, it was, uh, it was a, a big change. And I just felt that, Hey, you know what, there was something a little bit more important to me at that point, which was taking care of mom and, and over and above that still taking care of the four of you, because even though you guys were starting to become adults, you know, it was still, it was still my role, my, my job to do it. Yeah, I would say that um, mom's diagnosis and then her passing really messed me up um, personally. I don't know how it affected, I mean, I, I imagine the same, but it really like sent me on a, a tailspin that in hindsight like embarrassed her in a way, you know, because like, um, she, she taught me better than who I became and uh, it was, a, you know, I consider that time in my life done. And I'm trying to be, you know, the son she, she knew I could be. But it was incredibly difficult to watch her go from this healthy woman, you know, who was the life of the party to, you know, like 85 pounds and, and not being able to talk or move. And it, it really broke me to the point where I was just kind of like, just, I'll see you in heaven, mom. It's a horrible disease. It takes yeah. everything away from you. You know, the things mom liked, she liked to dance, she liked to sing, she liked to eat, she liked to talk, and it took all of that away from her. Um, you know, the ironic thing is, you know, I'm, I'm a New York Yankee fan, and Lou Gehrig has always been my favorite Yankee, and then, you know, to find out that she had the same disease that he suffered from was, was you know, just, it, it really just didn't make any sense, but... You know, everybody handles things differently. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody handles things differently. What I did when, when mom passed away, I um, uh, got a certification as a life coach and a health coach, and it just kept me to keep my mind in, onto things um, instead of losing my mind. And as far as you guys were concerned, like I said, you know, listen, there were some body blows, you know, not only with mom, but everything that was going on with Lee at the time. And, you know, I, I wasn't blind to what was going on with you or going on with Max. The two of you kind of lost your mind to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and also Lynn. I mean, but that being said, the, the three of you were also, and Lee to a degree also, because even with all the problems he had, he still helped out with mom wherever he could. And uh, so the four of you, I think, helped me with your strength to get through my strength. But again, my, my thing was not me at the time. I, I said, okay, what's more important to me? And the thing that was more important to me were the four of you. Um, so obviously, you know, around a year after mom passes away, Lee, Lee passes away. Yeah. Um, that was, that was crazy. Yeah. So, but you've got some good news going on now. I do. Um, losing Lee, losing mom breaks your heart yeah. because it's somebody that you grew up with, you did everything with, um, you know, was a part of, was a huge part of your life. But losing Lee was like losing a limb. It, you, there's no, you cannot, there's nothing you can, nothing, that, no positive spin that you can put on losing a child. Um, the only comfort I have is that Lee and mom are together somewhere. And, uh, you know, whether, whether you believe in heaven or, heaven or not, I know one thing, they're not suffering the pain that they were suffering here. 
Um, so that that gives me comfort to know that that at least because both of their diseases, quite frankly, um, can just tear a person apart watching them and not being able to do anything about them. Um, well, thanks for sharing there. Um, but so you, Lynn, Lynn got married to mm-hmm. Jay, right? And they're expecting their first child here in April. Yeah. So that'll make you a grandfather for the first time. Yes. And how is that feeling? I mean, you've been through a lot, right? But that's, that's pretty exciting. It's awesome. You know, I mean, I love, you know, I'm grumpy. Don't get me wrong. I am a grumpy man at times, but I love being a father. I mean, I don't think I've ever done anything better than being a father or enjoyed anything more than seeing my kids and, and, and seeing them be successful and, and do the right things. And don't get me wrong. You guys aren't perfect. Yeah. Either am I. And neither was mom. But, at, at, but, it, but there is nothing better to me than watching your kids. So I am excited as heck. I love coaching you guys. I love being there for you guys. Um, but um, the one thing I didn't like was Miller Avenue concerts, you know, or the high school <laughs> concerts. I did fall asleep during all of those concerts, I must say. Uh, Mom would have to wake me up and during the plays and stuff like that that you guys were in. I was like, that, that wasn't all that, that much me. But um, I, do, I do enjoy being a, 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 father, a father, so I know I will enjoy being a grandparent. Not only to just Wesley... Um, which shares Lee's name, but also when you guys, you know, when you and Max and, yeah. you know, for all the kids. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to grandchildren. Well, um, I've been sober 23 days, so I don't know if I'm ready to have a kid yet, but one day, I promise. But, uh, well, you know, I think that right now I'm just focusing on, on getting my side of the street all clean is what they say. And uh, after that's done, you know, I'll hopefully settle down and, uh, you know, start that chapter in my life. But, um do you have any big plans for? Did you do you have any baby or baby clothes or anything like that picked out yet? There, I do. I I would just step back real quickly on on your twenty three days. I I think one of the things that you, that keep helps to keep you, or not just you but everybody in line is knowing that there's something greater than us. You know, I think I've told you this before, but when I was younger, I had a chip on my shoulder, and over and above that, I thought I, I thought the world universe revolved around me. You know, I was one of those young little Italian kids who thought the world, the world revolves around me. Yeah. I've got the disco hair, I've got the collar <laughs> up, you know, but now I, I realize that I am just part of this, this whole universe. I'm part of this world, so I ju- I'm just trying to find out where I fit in this, in this world and where I can be of help to you guys in growing up. I mean, I'm not, I know at some point, I'm not going to be in the picture anymore. And I want to make sure that I leave you guys and our grandchildren with a positive role model. And over and above that, I leave you guys with, with, in, in good shape. No, I mean, I appreciate that. And uh, I know everyone else does too. So one of the things that I made the mistake of doing that you didn't do is turning to bad things like drinking, partying, that sort of stuff because that's kind of the, the point of the show is to just kind of like talk about different things that affect different people and it, it's a show for everybody because everybody is going through it right maybe not specifically our problem sets right with with mom and lee but you know maybe a different problem that they're not sure how to adjust to and this gives them a little bit of an outlet to kind of be like oh i'm not alone um you know this is what was said today and i, I really don't want the show to even be really about me at all i just kind of want to be there facilitating the conversation and kind of just 
whoever the guest is kind of just imparts their knowledge and people listen to them like, oh, that was a great, that was great. I, I never would have thought of that. So as somebody who made like all the right decisions after ex- experiencing such a tragedy, how, how did you do that? How do you maintain your positive outlook? I mean, I know you get upset sometimes and no one can blame you for that, but for the most part, you're, you're doing pretty amazing, all things considered. And if you just wouldn't mind just, you know, imparting that wisdom. Yeah, I mean, we have so much energy that we use every single day. And you can use energy on good things or bad things. What I would, what I would say is for people who are going through problems, understand that they don't last. Whatever problem you have does not, does, does not last forever. And if you seek help, you know, swallow your pride. Go to someone who can help you with your problem. And over and above that, if you can, help others. There are, no matter what's going on in our lives, somebody is having a worse day than we're having. Somewhere in the world, you can find, you don't have to go very far either, you're going to find somebody who needs you. And what I would suggest is that when you have bad things going on, that you try to help others. Hold the door open. It doesn't even have to be anything crazy. Hold the door open for someone. Um, you know, say please, say thank you, say I'm sorry. Volunteer, you yeah. know, see where you can go and, and use whatever skill. Everybody has some skill, you know. See what skill you can use to help somebody else. So you have the life coaching thing. Um, not sure, you know, how much longer you plan on work or anything, but what do you want to do in your retirement? Like, what's, what's, what haven't you done? I mean, you've been to, what, 49 or 50 states? You've been all over the world. Uh, 46. 46, all yeah. right. I was a little off, but what, 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 is, what do you want to do from you know, now and to your retirement? I want to, uh, I want to travel. I like traveling both domestic and internationally. Okay. COVID kind of threw that for a loop for two years, but I, I do like traveling. I do like seeing different things. Is I there was, any big destination in mind? What? Um, yeah, I, I, I really would like to go to Turkey. Okay. What's that? I would like to go to Africa. Okay. I have a real good friend of mine, uh, uh, Zeki Turner, who lives in Turkey, who has my same title and position, but what, for is, international. Is he lives in Ankh, a place called Ankara. Oh, that's the capital, I think. Yeah. Ankara, yeah. But um, we're talking about going there in Istanbul. I'm thinking about going to Kenya. Okay. Um, Maureen and I are thinking about going to Kenya and um, uh, in, in Africa, maybe South South Africa. Yeah. Uh, I would like to go to South America. I've never been there. So, yeah, I'd like to... I'd like to uh, a specific ex- country in South America? Brazil? Um, I've heard Argentina is absolutely beautiful. I've yeah. heard Peru and Ecuador are really pretty. Okay. So, yeah, I'd like to go there. But, yeah, you know, I was a, a history and a business major. So what I'd like to do is see a lot of the things that I read about. I'd like to see them in person. Yeah. So you're going to travel. You got your grand, grandson on the way. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I can coach my grandchild in football Jay looks more like a soccer player. Yeah, he's not very tall. <laughs> my uh, son-in-law, wonderful boy, yeah. wonderful man. I love, I love him to death, but I don't know. He might be he's more not of a soccer like player. Yeah, he's not going to like that you said that. That's why I just said it. <laughs> Jay, I'm just hoping that you're listening, buddy. No, listen, actually, Jay is a great guy, and uh, I am very proud. You know, when we talk about when I'm gone, mm-hmm. I'm gone. I'm, I'm very happy that Jay and, and Linda have, well, have that, found that's each other because good. to be very upfront, yeah. that's one of the things you want to do is make sure that, you know, again, that you leave your kids in a good way and he's a wonderful guy. Yeah, so how is walking your daughter down the aisle, how is that? What's that feeling like? With the right guy, yeah. it's good. It's good feeling. Yeah, with the right guy, it's good, yeah. And, and, and I think Jay and I um, have a lot in common, but it was it was mixed, you know. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm a big 
big guy and stuff like that, manly. But you know, at the <laughs> end of the day, I I was crying. I had tears yeah. coming down. That was a, that was an emotional wedding. It was an um, emotional wedding. One of the it was what's good is Country Roads is is always a Malagino staple. So that that's one of my favorite parts. And I think Randy running around with the flag was a was a good part. But that, yeah, that was a terrific wedding. They did, yeah, they did a great job. West Virginia has been a very big part of all of our lives. Yeah. You know, since you kids were little, and we took you all all the West Virginia football games home yeah. and away. And yeah. um, you know, it, West Virginia is just such a wonderful state, wonderful people, and it's just part of part of our lives. So. I mean, it's your episode. I, I mean, anything else you want to touch on? Um, no, I, I mean, you know, again, it, I, 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 listen, you know, it's nice to uh, talk about mom and Lee. You know, sometimes when people pass away, people don't talk about them and they hold it in. Yeah. And that's not a good thing to do. It's, uh, you, you know, you want to remember them and, um, you know, you want to remember people and, and respect their memory. But at the end of the day, you have to take care of yourself also. And the best way to remember them is to be successful, you know, to have a partner, to have kids, get a home, do all of those things that, you know, um, you know, that make you whole. Because, again, the, the most important thing that they ever, ever wanted was for you to do well, right? That's what mom wanted. That's what Lee wanted. Lee always looked up to you. Yeah. You know, Lee was a wonderful brother as far as, he looked up to you. He was a great little brother to you. He was a, a great bigger brother to, to Max and Lynn. Yeah. And, um, and, and mom was the same way. I mean, you know, listen, we haven't had a, it hasn't been the perfect family. We certainly aren't the Waltons. But at the, at the end of the day, it, 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 it is, it, we, ha we are a very close family and there's a lot of love there. And we all know that we care for each other and stuff like that. But, you know, we've had to work out a lot of, a lot of kinks in our family. You know, like everybody has. Yeah, um, I really appreciate you coming on today. I really appreciate you sharing your story, and um, I know it's it's not easy to talk about, and um, you know I know everybody appreciates you sharing that those intimate details, and it was it was it was great kind of walking through how you met mom, and I, I didn't really know the suitcase part of the story. I knew you guys had met at a train station or whatever, but. Um, you know, hearing the details from you was pretty awesome. Uh, I do want to say that, you know, you are my hero personally, and uh, I look up to you, you know, and I know Lee looked up to you, and uh, Max and Lynn do as well, and, you know, with all the, the things that have happened over the years, the way you, you've handled it has been inspirational to me, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, do a better job to make you proud going forward, and I, I love you. Yeah, no, I, listen, I am proud of you. I'm proud of Max. I'm proud of Lynn. I'm proud of Lee. You know, I mean, uh, Lee was a, a wonderful kid, and I'm proud of him, too. And, um, you know, for your people who listen to your podcast, <laughs> like I said, you know what? Nothing lasts forever, whether it be good or whether it be bad. And uh, I will say, if you ever want to hear me again, tell Sam that, you know, hey, your dad was great. Wonderful, yeah. and I'll jump on again sometime. Well, no, we'll definitely have you on. Um, probably do, you know, when, when you know, I don't know, next time I'll be in New York, but um, we do something, you know, every time I get up there, I want to get Jay on, Lynn. Um, Lynn said she didn't want to be on it, but I think she will. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely, um, I don't know, they have different podcasts. They have, like, their, you know, I think it'll be good to talk about the Jets, um, stuff like that. But, yeah, it would be a lighthearted conversation next time. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you very much. Okay, right. thank you. All right.